Well, let's, uh, let's dive right in. And uh, a warm welcome to you if you're gathered while we're worshiping the Lord. Um, I just want to add to what Chantel said. I really felt strongly just that we would be mindful and that we'd be really prayerful for our uh, children and our young people right now. Um, I think it's about eight to ten in around that number are moving up from rockets up into Glasshouse. Is that right? Is Gillian here? I thought you were. Is that about right? A bit more. So like, that's a significant number. You know, that's a good number of people that have spent, uh, for some of them, years in, uh, you know, Gillian's and some of you, your care, and have been really nurtured just brilliantly. It's great Bible knowledge that they have received, great experiences that they will have had with the living God through the person of the Holy Spirit. They'll have been taught at an early age how to pray for one another, how to pray for the sick. So they've just got a real good grounding. And it just we have found as parents of teenagers, and I'm sure some of you yourselves, you, you just know what it's like that it's in those teenage years that they have to make a decision for themselves. Are we going to do this thing or are we not? And it's just such a significant time. And the enemy, as we know, just loves to come to rob, kill, and destroy. And we as parents and as leaders cannot be passive in this whole area. We need to stand in the gap. We need to lead by example at home. We cannot just leave it up to Emma McGuigan and her team. We cannot just leave it up to Flip. I hope they get something next week at Summer Madness, although we are prayerful that that will be an incredible life-encountering time for them. But at the same time, it's up to them, isn't it? Some of you, you're older than we are. Uh, you've, you've journeyed through that, and you've seen, and it's just a... You, you, the, our children are a gift from the Lord and, and we just do our best but oh boy we hope they make it <laughs> boy we hope they make good decisions boy we don't want to be spending years of our lives unpacking hurts, habits and hang ups when we're in our 40s and whatever you know God may they just encounter you let's pray can we just now god we lift before you all of those that you've entrusted to us children young people god that that they would taste and see that you are good and that whilst the world has some alluring things to offer god that relationship with you cannot begin to compare with those things we pray for those that that lead that you would just so give them wisdom and insight that you'd help them to mentor and to love and to be incredibly kind and patient we just pray that all of our young ones and those young ones that are not here this morning 
that we wished that they were, that we pray that they were, that they also would know you and have relationship with you, God. Amen. Amen. Folks, you'll have seen that I'm not alone this morning. I stand in the presence of one of my ancestors. His name is Bob. This is Bob. Welcome. So we'll refer to him uh, in due course. But just to say this is our, our final week, our final proper week, really, as we've been teaching, as we've been journeying in this, uh, this time called Friends and Family. And uh, we've taught on it every Sunday. Uh, we've modeled it through loads of events. We've modeled it through our life groups. And I hope that you feel uh, well-connected that you feel well connected to one another within the body of Christ. And if you don't, I hope that you do. If you want to be a part of our church, our prayer is that you would feel, that you'd experience, that you would be a part of the family. And uh, we, we've strived real hard to create lots of opportunities. I know so many of you have engaged with it, and it's been absolutely uh, wonderful. That's been our heart's desire. And as we do that, as we gather as family, we spur one another on towards relationship with our Heavenly Father. I want to speak this morning uh, just about what our role is and what our identity is within the family. And I want us just to, uh, just to think this for a moment. What is, our, what is our role and what is our identity within our families? If you consider your own family, be it fantastic, be it incredibly dysfunctional, be it somewhere in the middle. What is your role? What is your identity? For some of us, we, you know, it's, it's a positive thing. For some of us, we can't quite break out of the identity that others in our family still think that we are when we're not actually that person. And I want us, as we do that, to consider what does it look like? What does it mean for us to be uh, part of this church family. And first things first, I want us to understand that if you consider Carrick Fergus Vineyard to be your church family, then you have a role here. You have an identity here. And what I want us to do is look at a very well-known passage, which we've looked at before, that's going to help kind of unpack this. We're in 1 Corinthians 12 starting at verse 12, and this is where Bob comes into play. And the words are there for us. Let's read it through together. Just as a body, <coughs> though one, has many parts, but all its many parts from one, form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. And so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body 
uh, were an ear. Where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. This is the word of the Lord. This is uh, God's word to us, given by uh, the Apostle Paul. Paul is writing to the church in Corinth and he pens these words down using the physical body to help demonstrate and illustrate what it is that I think he was saying to them and he says to us today. Church is a body. In Carrick Fergus Vineyard, as a church, we are part of the wider body of Christ. So we are one of 25 churches in Carrick Fergus. Did you know there was that many churches in Carrick? That's what I think is 25 churches in one town. You'd think the place would be better than it is. I'm not joking, actually. I am, and I'm not. I mean, if we're all salt and light, boy, this place would be a different place. I'm not saying we're not. I'm just saying if we step up, we step out of the four walls, whole place should be, could be, transformed radically. Carrick Fergus Vineyard is part of the wider body of uh, vineyard churches UK and Ireland. There are over 120 of us. There are 12 vineyard churches here in Ireland. A recent church, they haven't quite figured out what they are yet, so I don't want to use church plant or whatever, but uh, our friends in Dungannon Vineyard have just started gathering in Macrofelt. Incredibly exciting. 30 plus people gathering every single week. We, of course, have our own loved ones, Andy and Andrea Howard, who've planted uh, back in October, just up the coast. Be prayerful for them. Their house is an absolute state right now. <laughs> there are boxes, like, stacked, piled high, ready, because they're moving in just under three weeks' time. Pray for them as they, as they move, as they deliberately set up camp there together with a number of us so we're part of that and also we're part of the worldwide body Methodist Baptist Catholic New Frontiers Presbyterian all the rest we're all part of the same body of Christ but what we want to do of course this morning is we want to center on ourselves on Carrick Vineyard and we want to use this beside us. Consider the human body, so detailed, so intricate, so precise, so complex. Each part of the body has a role, 
and has a function, except for maybe the appendix. It does? Aye, but we can, we can get rid of it if we want, if it gives us chip, right. <laughs> but here we have just the skeleton. And we don't have all the bits inside and outside and around it and all the rest, but it's just a visual illustration. And I want to indulge a little bit because it's been a while since I've taught it in the classroom. Uh, but here we have skeleton, has 206 bones. There were 300 or so when we were born, apparently so, but uh, you can see in the cranium that's made up of many bones. And uh, do you remember, I was going to say when you were a child, no, you wouldn't remember that. Do you remember when you were waiting in the slips, lads, and you were waiting for the, for the baby to come through and you never heard that expression, waiting in the slips? I'm all, I've already gone off. I've already got off the notes. It's never going to go well. I remember when Sam first came out and I looked at his head and I honestly thought there was something wrong. I genuinely thought, I thought, have we given birth to an alien here? I mean, I'm not joking. Wait, you, yes, yeah. All well, right, sorry. <laughs> Is that a sore point? So anyway, so his head, it wasn't like a head. It was like, elongated and I thought oh my goodness what has happened and it was just because of all the little bones it was just a bit squidgy because it has to be to kind of come out <laughs> and then over time over time it fixes together and forms together and there we go the smallest bone in the body anyone know it's, the, it's called the staples or the stirrup bone. It's, in, it's one of the inner ears, that's right. The longest bone in the body is the femur. Chris Froome, God love him, has just broken it alongside loads of other bones. And this is, this is the femur. It's used to measure uh, this together with a cranium. Any midwives? is used to give the due date of the, well, yes, when they were tiny, tiny. And then we have, these are known as our long bones, and that's what gives us and produces movement in the body. Then we have these bones in around here and obviously around there, and they provide a sense of protection for the body. Inside of our long bones, we have this thing called bone marrow, and included in that is where, what makes our red blood cells. Uh, we have some bones which are flat, we have some which are long, we have some which are irregular, and each and every one of them has a special function, and a special role to perform. Now, if the foot down here should say to the hand, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear, it's pretty tricky, um, should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? And Paul is just demonstrating clearly that every single part arranged beautifully and wonderfully has its own role and its own function. Each one of us here has our own role, our own identity, our own part to play here. 
And yet, so many of us, we just put ourselves down. And we, we disqualify ourselves. We say, no, that can't be. I just come along. I just, whatever it might be. I'm not good enough. I'm not clever enough. I'm not experienced enough. I don't have enough time. I did that in my last church and got burnt. I'm too sinful. I'm worried what others will think about me. I don't think that I could commit to that. And there's lots of other reasons that we disqualify and put ourselves down. Yes, there are seasons. Yes, there are things that happen in our lives. But if we're a part of this church, you have a place. You have a place. And you have a role to play. But in fact, God has placed the parts in this body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. He's arranged things. He's placed them in order. We can't say, ah, oh, because I'm not a hand, I'm not going to be that hand. We can't say, ah, oh, because I'm not a foot, I'm something else. Whatever it is that he's called you to is up to you to do. He's the one who's placed the parts in place. Your church needs you. I hope that image, have we got an image? There it goes. When you don't function in your role and what God's made you for, it affects us all. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are, are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. Uh, I was trying to think of um, parts of the body that we can't see, but perform uh, a really significant role. And I asked our resident, I don't know what you are, nurse, nurse, Sergi, can you have one? He wrote, he wrote me this. So, The adrenal glands, they sit on top of the kidney, apparently. They produce hormones to regulate things like blood pressure, blood sugar, burn protein and fat. It's extremely important. Can't see them. Can't see them in each, each of us. And yet, if they're not performing, we would know about it. And each and every one of us. We can't, you, you know, I'm presentable. <laughs> Meaning, I'm up front. You see me all the time. But there's many of you, you do things and we don't see it. But you're still as important. And the function, the role that you play is incredible. I was with a gentleman, part of our church, has been for years during the week. And he was telling me, Oh, yeah, I met with such and such, and I called around with such and such the other day on my way home from work. And I was just like, did you? That's incredible. Keep doing that. I didn't know that that was happening. But who he was going to see needs to be seen, needs to be part of things. And the role, and I just said, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Because those folks really need that. And I said, and I affirmed his role and his function in the body. I said, you are so good at getting alongside certain people. You see things about other people that other people don't see. 
go do that. Go and do that. Can I borrow Samuel? Where is Samuel? Can you come? Here we go. Baby Samuel. I have asked Emma, yes. I was going to hold Samuel, but I just reckon he's better with mum. So this is Samuel. Isn't he amazing? Isn't mum amazing? Dad's not too bad as well. <laughs> so is Samuel part of the body? Yes or no? Yes. What's his identity? You don't need to call it out. Just think about it. Okay, what's his role and his function? Does he have one? Like he's not making the coffee. <laughs> and he's not visiting folks. And he's not up leading worship. Has he got a role? Yes. Yes. Because Samuel's life teaches us about ourselves before the Father. The way that we look after him. The way that we care for him. The way in which we nurture him. The way in which we invest our lives, our time and our energy into his life. Teaches us more about our relationship with the Father than anyone else could. Because he's amazing. And he's fearfully and he's wonderfully made. And we get to see creation. We get to see the creator through Samuel. That's wonderful. Samuel, you're amazing. Thanks, Mum. We've used this illustration before, but it's so good I want to use it again. Uh, sometimes you, church is, have been likened to that of a football match. Meaning, you have 22 players on the pitch, run ragged, doing all the work, playing really hard, being watched by 22,000 people who are in desperate need of some exercise. And I'm so glad that our church isn't like that. Because I don't think it is. We had 71 people on Friday night for dinner as we celebrated you all. Saying thank you, appreciating the thousands of hours, voluntary hours that are given to make this work and to make everything else work that happens during the week. All the different things that we do in our community could not happen if we were not performing our role and our identity within the church and there were loads of other people that for one reason or another couldn't make it yes there will be the presentable parts you will see certain people more than other people and it tends to be that those people tend to be the ones that do just a bit more. And that's inevitable. And that's okay. But don't look and think, ah, oh, they've got all the bases covered. We've good, good friends who go to uh, the vineyard up in Coleraine, Causeway Coast. And they told us privately, just in conversation, they just said, ah, oh, you know, they've got such an incredible staff, which they do. They're so talented. This, oh, they're amazing, which they are. And they've got just so many people doing this team and doing that team. And they basically had nearly 
written themselves off from being involved at all. And they just came. And we were just like, no. They really need you to do whatever. They need you. They need you. And you need to do it for your sake too. Because a disciple of Jesus is a follower of Jesus and someone who plays a role and gets to play. God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. The enemy will try a whole number of tactics to create division and disharmony wherever, be it your own family, be it your workplace, the sports club, the camera club, the church of Jesus especially. The enemy will love to create division. And that happens relationally. And it happens by the breaking down of relationships. I'm so grateful to you that you lead and you live so honorably. That when there is conflict in our church, which there is on occasions, when there is disharmony, because someone said something and it offended you. Because someone didn't do something and it offended you. When there was some misunderstanding. I'm so glad, I'm so grateful that we are nurturing a culture where we just go to the person directly, one to one. We don't have conversations behind people's back. And we sort it out with each other. We say, hey mate, you know when you said this? that actually really annoyed me. And I say, oh, well, I, I didn't actually mean that. Oh, what did you mean? Oh, I meant this. And we, we, just, we just have that out. Well, sometimes, as I modeled just a few weeks ago, sometimes it, it requires a person to say, I'm really sorry. That was totally dumb of me. I should not have said that. Great. And we, that deepens the relationship. That makes it even more trustworthy, makes it even tighter and closer when there's that mutual respect. And I'm so glad that so many of you uh, work like that and you operate like that, trusting and being honorable and caring towards one another, that there is no division. When one suffers, all suffer. I was at university a few years ago now, and um, I had a uh, an abscess under one of my wisdom tooth, teeth, tooth, and uh, it is still to this day the most painful thing I've ever experienced. For a week, I walked around in a daze on just any painkiller that would take away the pain until the uh, antibiotics cleared it up. One tiny little whatever it is stuck underneath the tooth, just tiny little bit, affected the whole body. I was a miserable so-and-so. One part suffers, we all suffer. Be it someone's life is suffering, we join together and we suffer alongside. If someone causes some kind of 
disharmony, it creates an effect and it creates disharmony and lots of people suffer as a result. When one is honoured, when one body part is honoured, we're all honoured. Those of you who were there on Friday, uh, you'll know that we, uh, we gave out some special certificates for uh, a job well done. And uh, I was so heartened whenever we said, oh, such and such is receiving this gift because of such and such. It's like the whole place, just everyone just celebrated. It was like, yes. We were all honored as we celebrated the one. So as we come into land in this season, by the way, we're about to go off on summer. And the summer is an interesting time. It just is. Some of us will get to go away on holiday. And some of us won't. And they'll be less gathered. And then as the summer kind of goes through from July right the way through to August, the numbers kind of pick up and increase again. That's just church life, and that's okay. But as we are scattered, think about one another. Love one another. Stay connected with one another through whatever means possible. Consider those who are maybe on the fringes. Reach out. If you're on the fringes yourself, reach in. As we come into land, how do I find my role or my function? If you're not there yet and you're kind of sitting there listening going, I just don't know. Well, here's just a few things and then we'll worship some more. This may sound a cliche, but I'm totally serious is ask the Lord, ask him. Just come before him and say, where do I fit? What am I made for? What am I meant for? And see what he says. Ask yourselves the question, what am I good at? What am I passionate about? Then look around, what are the needs? What are the needs here? What are the needs of my community? What is it that God's drawing my attention, my gaze towards? And here's a really good question to ask is what do my leaders say about me? It doesn't have to be me or Chance or one or two other. If you're a part of a life group, you're part of a team, ask them, say, what am I good at? What am I made for? And ask them to speak into your life. Go and have a chat with the person that leads you. That would be great.